Shut up, Jackson. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 31 of the We Like Pain podcast, a show about the first and second place teams in the AFC South, and those would be the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas. And I'm your other host, Sam McFadden. How you, how's it going, Sammy? I'm, I'm doing good. It's been an exciting football week. Um, the, <laughs> the slate of games just get better and better as we go on. And I'm just ready for another Sunday. Counterpoint, counterpoint. Texans play the Bears this weekend. We're going to talk about that plenty. And I'll just say this. If the Texans lose to the Bears, I know I know one of the worst teams in the league, but I'm out. I'm out on the Texans this year. Season's over if we lose to the Bears. Uh, I'm immediately out on Davis Mills. That does it. That seals my opinion. That's, that's all it takes. It was like when we lost the Jets last year, and it was like we could we're a better team than that. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a it's not an unrealistic. It's it's like not a crazy outcome. The Bears beating you guys, but you guys have been disrespected this week. A, a couple of people had you guys as the 32nd best team in the league, or the worst yeah. team in the league. And I think that's ludicrous. I know the Bears have a win, you guys don't, but. Anyone could have won that game week one. Yeah, but we have a tie, so anyone could have won either of the two Texans games. But we will uh, discuss more of that in a second. We should get this show rolling. You got a quick question for me, Sambo? Absolutely, I do. Okay, my quick question is a is a couple parter, and it's really just trying to get our expectations in order. Um, my my question is a, a couple of teams that are maybe worse or better than we expected. I want to hear your opinion on those teams moving forward. What you think is real, what you think is going to change over the next couple of games, stuff like that. We'll go ahead and start with the Eagles. They look like they've played like one of the best teams in the league. They had a close game with the Lions, who we'll talk about, who we'll talk about in a second. But then they that win on Monday night was very convincing. Where do you stand yeah. on? Uh, since we're going to talk about the Lions in a second, I feel like we should just do both at once. We after can do week that. One, after week one, I was like, ooh, Eagles, what is up with that defense? Offense looks pretty good, but defense, what's going on? Uh, and then it turns out the Lions might be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't believe it. Because it's the Lions, and what are the odds that they're good? No, they have Jared Goff uh, under center. And, I mean, Amon Ross and Brown looks like the best receiver in the league for some reason. Um, and I, I, do, I do think he's great. I think there has to be regression. There, just, there simply has to be. So they're the best rushing team in the NFL right now. They're, their running backs are averaging like uh, – seven yards a carry or six and a half yards a carry, something crazy. Um, but their scheme works, man. They, they've got a good coaching staff, a very competent general manager, it seems like, drafted Amon Ross St. Brown after the Texans drafted Nico Collins. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's one thing or the other for me. Either the Lions are just cursed because they've been bad for 90 years or whatever, or they finally have the right people in place. Uh, Man, I just 
it helps. It helps also. You didn't mention their offensive line is one of the best in the league. Um, yeah. This, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think because the Eagles are supposed to be this really good team. They played them really well, but at the same time, like the Eagles looked a lot better week two than they did week one. So I don't know where to think about that. I just, I, I think back to last year, right, with a couple of these teams. I think back to. I don't know if you remember this, but who was the team everyone was talking about? The hottest, hot topic in the in the league going into week three. Last year. Last year. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, the Cardinals. It was the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh my God! Into like they, week four. Yeah, because they beat the Chiefs, they beat <laughs> the Ravens, and they just looked great for a couple of weeks, and people were talking. This is like they are nuts, and this is real, and they are playoff contenders. Like they are a really good team, and they crashed and burned. And I think there's going to be one or two teams like that this year. There are every year, and the Lions are one of the are a candidate for that for me, simply because the jump from last year to this year has been insane, absurd. Yeah, and the and the talent they put on that roster isn't that different than what they were putting out last year. Well, they uh, they didn't so, have Agent Hutchinson in his three sacks. He did look time. like a absolute stud. So, so you're saying that the Eagles are better than that, though. They're not gonna. The Eagles are a step ahead. They're not gonna be the Las Vegas Raiders of last year. I think I I believe much more in what we're seeing from the Eagles than I do what we're seeing from the Lions. I think that if the Eagles played the Lions again, it would not be as close. It would be a better. It would be a worse game. Um, that being said, I'm not can like people are talking about the Eagles as Super Bowl, like they're going to the Super Bowl. People are putting the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? And now. while I while I admit while it's it's worth discussing the fact that the NFC is, and, and this is just me talking out of my ass right now. I have not done the research on this, but it seems to me this year that the NFC is like historically bad. Like, yeah. like in the sense that there's not a team. Maybe when the Bucks are healthy, they're the team. But there's not a team right now. It's not the Rams. It's uh, not. Don't say that. Connor McGillan is in the chat right now. The Rams. Okay, the, if you're talking about the, the, Rams, hype up the, Rams, the Bucks. Oh yeah. I mean, the Rams are significantly worse than they were last year. I think we can yeah. all agree about that. And I, I, all I'm saying is the NFC is 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 extremely weak. Okay, so a team like the Eagles yeah. could totally do it. And the Eagles yeah. are. And like I think this roster is better than the one that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So they could totally make the Super Bowl. I just think that. Yeah, who was the wide receiver we, one in the? I Super just think Bowl? we're getting ahead of ourselves. Was it Alshon Jeffrey? <laughs> old old ass Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. All I'm saying is, we're getting ahead of ourselves putting the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Especially with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a, is a Jalen Hurts is a case study in and of himself. Um, is he a good quarterback? I have no idea. Because what we saw last, what we saw on Monday, that is a stud of a quarterback. That's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But how many people are taking that and, and running with it? Like how many executives in the league? How many how many GMs would would pick Jalen Hurts to be on their team as their franchise quarterback? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so I, you know, the Eagles are, are fascinating and I will definitely be watching them. Now let's, let's pivot real quick. This is turned into not so quick a question, but 
Um, the, the last two we'll talk about a little bit quicker are teams that have been uh, maybe underperforming what we thought. That's the Bengals and the Rams. So give me a give me a give me a little synopsis on what you think of these teams as they've looked worse than they should the, for, through the first two weeks. So I think the Eagles are as good as we think. Wrapping up that conversation, I think that the Rams are as bad as they're looking right now. They uh, they have look like they've got Super Bowl hangover, and uh, that's happened to a lot of teams before. I think uh, Bill Simmons was just talking about this on his podcast the other day. There are like five teams in the Super Bowl in the last 20 years that have had this sort of like seven and nine, you know, eight and ten, eight or eight and nine uh, sort of finish the season after their Super Bowl. The Bengals are better than this. The Bengals, if they can figure their shit out on offense, are better than this. They have the same t- talent on the team. The AFC is really good, so they got to pick it up, but the Bengals will make the playoffs. I I agree with you that the Bengals are better. That offensive line is just it's it's there's I mean it's non-existent, which is terrible. And I don't know, Joe Burrow hasn't like make up for that problem as much, which to be fair is really hard to do. Like it was incredible what, we, what they were pulling off last year with how bad their offensive line was. Um, I just they lost they've lost back to back games to Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush. And they could have won the Steelers game, but I think the Cowboys, well, besides the comeback, the little fourth quarter comeback, the Cowboys had that game in hand for most of the early quarters. I, I just, I've been really, really disappointed in what I've seen from that offense so far. I just, you know, I I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head who they're playing this week, but they ju- they need to get right games so bad. Oh, they're playing the Jets. They're playing the Jets this week. And the if Jets they don't, beat them last year. So I know. And try and beat them. If they do not beat the Jets this week, I mean, sound all the alarms. Like, yeah, but you, you said the O line, which is their biggest problem, but it, it takes a while for O line to like gain congruence and work together. The Chiefs did a full revamp after they lost the Super Bowl, and then last year's offensive line was still not great. It's this year where we're seeing them come together. I think the the line will look a lot better because they do have some talent there. Um, the players and they have are better. Yeah, they have looked better, but he's still on pace to get sacked like 90 times or oh, something. Oh, no, they're not playing better. They are supposed to be better. They should be better. I believe they're better. They're playing just as bad. Yeah. I mean, anyway. And then uh, my, my take on the Rams is – um, I think they're still going to be a playoff team this year. I just I don't have a lot of confidence in them as Super Bowl contenders right now, which is what they're supposed to be. No, uh, they, they should be, especially with how weak the NFC is, like you're saying. Anyway, my quick question will be a lot quicker. <laughs> There's the first coach fired odds that are updating all the time. I believe right now it's Matt Rule first, or maybe uh. No, I think it's Matt Rule first. Who do you think the first coach fired is? It's, I mean, it has to be Matt Rule. Yeah. Matt Rule, he, I, I saw some. I think he's like five. He's won like five games in the three years he's been there. Yeah, it's, 
I mean, he came in, people lauded that hire. I was really excited about that hire. Um, when he, when he got hired in, uh, in Carolina, I just think he's, I think he might be one of those guys that's really good for college and not so good for the pros. Um, but there's so much talent on that Carolina roster and they should, they should and could be winning games. That offense in particular should be better. They should have won that Browns game and they should have won that Giants game. Absolutely. And the end of the game for them to lose and that's coaching. Absolutely. They, I mean, yeah, it falls on coaching and they fired Joe Brady, you know, and the offense still sucks. And at a certain point that has to fall at Matt rules feet and the ownership has to realize, Hey, we messed up by hiring him. Just get him out of here. Um, And I think that Panthers team will be better when he's gone. So, I I mean, I, I mean, I think he's gone week six or seven depending on the schedule. Cause I mean, they played, I don't know. Who are they playing this week? They're playing New Orleans. Mm, that'll be a good game, actually. That'll, that'll be interesting. Be good. Uh, like, are they wh- – what is their season going to be like type of game for both teams? Because if the Saints lose this game, it's like, well, they are not going to be nearly as good as – I mean, some people were picking them in the playoffs. Some people had them in, like, the NFC Championship game. So if they lose to the Panthers, that's bad. Uh, but if the Panthers lose, it's like, okay, we need to get Matt Rule out of here maybe. I think that if the Cardinals had not come back and won that Raiders game, Cliff Kingsbury, with his new extension and all, would be on the hot seat. Have, he'd have to be. I What they did with that team this offseason is mind-boggling, and I say that from a standpoint of someone who has no idea what their cap situation looks like. So that might have played into it, but they shed so much talent this off season. Yeah. I mean, they have to be up there with it. They, I, it, based on, again, no research, I would put my money on right now that they gave up the most talent in free agency. And you say that as a Cowboys fan. And I say that as a Cowboys fan and Cowboys gave up a lot, you know, the D I'm just, the defense is so much worse off. They lost Chandler Jones and a bunch of other pieces in the secondary and they, it's showing they, I think they might have the worst defense in the league right now. And we've seen them sputter and fail late in the season and their offense slow down and get locked up. And the offense has been an issue and the defense has just kind of been whatever. Now we're dealing with the team. If the offense sputters, the defense is horrible. Yeah. The offense is going to be putting up like 35 points a game to keep up. They're going to be in a lot of negative scripts, and the funny thing about that is you're going to see a lot of really incredible stuff out of Kyler. Yeah. He, he's only he's seemingly only a world class QB, like one of the best QBs ever, when they are heavily down and he has to do the schoolyard stuff where he runs around like a toddler and makes yeah. something happen. I so, just, I think that if his line was better and his defense was better. And his weapons were better, to be honest. He, I mean, other than Hollywood Brown, who does he have out there? Right, but you just listed the whole offense. If the whole offense around him was better, yes, he would be better. So I'm saying, if you're Kyler Murray, you sign this big contract so the team has you under control, but what if you go 4-13 and 13 this year? Do you say, trade me to Detroit? <laughs> All of a sudden, Detroit is the is the place to be. No, but um, I don't know. I don't know. The 
Lions are going to be gone of uh, rid of Jared Goff's contract this offseason, I believe. So I believe I you I think you're right, but I don't know. You you have to take into account is Detroit a place in a market that players want to be in because that does matter to a certain extent. And and is the level of talent at Detroit are we overvaluing it again? Like is that really that world class a team? besides the quarterback to draw in the best free agent or the best quarterback available. That's very fair. I just, very fair. I'm we'll just you know, I pumped the brakes on that one. Um, but uh, I think you're very right. Kyler Murray, if the Cardinals are as bad as they've looked so far, Kyler could totally look to move. Yeah. I don't trust, I don't trust his, like the, the mental side of it with him at all. That's fair. All right, we are uh, at least 15 minutes into this podcast, so welcome in, guys. Those were our quick questions. <laughs> we, uh, it's an exciting day. We got we we have some exciting stuff to talk about. First, we'll start with some uh, non-NFL headlines. The Las Vegas Aces won the WNBA Finals. I watched for some reason the game was on Sunday, so I was watching that on my phone while we were watching football. Um, but very exciting for our former San Antonio team. Uh, I I love watching the W, man. It's it's exciting stuff. I personally have not gotten into it as of yet, but I also don't watch a ton of the NBA except for like playoffs and stuff like that. So you know, to be fair, um, I think it's super exciting. Let's go, Becky Hammond. Yes, sir. Love my girl. And potentially future head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. I hope so. Um, but yeah, I, I will say from a person who didn't watch the game and didn't watch the season, the most joy I've gotten out of it is the celebration they've been putting on since they won has been super fun to watch. Yeah. Aja Wilson and uh, Kelsey Plum and all those and all those girls, like they look like they have they're having the time of their life. That's it's the crazy. first. Hey. It's the first major league, uh, like the first major championship in Las Vegas. You know, first parade in Las Vegas. So that's cool. I'm sure there was a lot of money spent today. Um, well, Aja Wilson tweeted, where are the four locos at, at 8 a.m.? So Yes, which is the exact energy you should have after you just won the world title for the sport you play professionally. Yes, sir. I love it. I hope she drank a four loco out of the trophy if there's uh, – a Stanley Cup situation. It better have been sour apple. Sour apple or nothing. God. I I say this every time we drink a Four Loco, but I I hope I think that was the last time I've had a Four Loco in my life. But I'm sure he does, he does this every single time. I'm sure we'll be 40 and Sam will show up to a party or something with Four Locos and talk me into it. You'll do it, too. It'll be a blast. Just wait. All right. Um, shifting to the men's basketball, the NBA ranked top 100 came out at ESPN yesterday, and I have some beef with it, primarily because no Spurs were on the list. Uh, quick shout-out. Oscar has an article out about this thing in particular, which, full transparency, I have not had time to read yet. Um but no spur being on the NBA top 100, I'm not shocked by that. I, I think it's wrong. 
I think it's wrong, but I'm not shocked. But. It is wrong. Mitchell Robinson is on the list. Yeah. Jakob Pertl is better than Mitchell Robinson. Without a doubt. Keldon should be on that list, too. Murray is on the list over Keldon Johnson. Brandon Clark. Yeah. Even Karis LeVert. Anyway, I'm heated. I read an article yeah. about it. Um, go read it if you're interested. Baseball, Albert Pujols. We're going to just keep doing this count until uh, the, the milestones happen, if they do, fingers crossed. Albert Pujols up to 698 home runs past, I, th- I think we said it last week, past uh, A-Rod for third most ever, is on the race for 700, which is cool. And then Aaron Judge hits 60, which means he has one more until he ties Roger Maris's record and two more until he breaks it, which is doable. So pretty cool. Be very cool. Be very, very cool. And baseball is a sport. Uh, on to the NFL. Um, a couple of things, a couple of a bit of bad news to start off our NFL news. Um, Trey Lance, if you're watching football on Sunday, you saw it, suffered an ankle injury. He has been put on IR. He had surgery. It went perfectly by all accounts. And he will start his rehab to try and come back. He will not be back this year. There's no way. Um, for those of you who saw it back a couple of years ago, it looked awfully similar to the Dak Prescott injury, the old foot facing the wrong way sort of situation. Um, one of the diff- defensive linemen came down and it, by no fault of his own, it was not on purpose or anything like that. His knee landed right on Trey's ankle and it's a big man landing on your ankle. So, um, you know, hopefully Trey can come back from this. It's really sad. It's a, it's, an awful timing sort of situation for Trey in particular. Um, and I hope he gets another shot with the 49ers. That's all I'm saying. Less than four starts. That was his fourth start with the team. Uh, and now he's going into year three, having played almost zero football in like five years, four years. So, so Oscar, if, if the 49ers make the NFC championship this year, with Jimmy G, do they bring back Trey Lance as the starter week one? I think you got to. Okay. I don't know. It might be a sunk cost, but you traded three first-round picks for him. And he has the potential to be – because I really don't see their their ceiling more. I mean, they've made two NFC championship games. They made a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. He just limits their off. I guess he's the perfect Shanahan quarterback, so maybe that's that's worth more than I believe it is. But three first, they still have two upcoming first round picks that they don't have. Right. So so okay. Here's the so here's the next question: How good do they have to be this year to where it's like Jim? We have to start Jimmy. Is it? Do they have to win the Super Bowl? Man, I don't even know because the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Completely different scenario. Right. Completely different. And said, you be on your way now. We got Carson Wentz. Um, that's a tough spot to be. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan pretty much sank their careers into Trey Lance working out. Three firsts. I know. 
Now, the Super Bowl, maybe maybe it's different, but here's here's the only thing I'll say with Trey Lance in the four starts that he's gone, which is a small sample size that you can't take anything real from, honestly. But he is supposed to be this world class rusher. He can scramble, designed runs, all that stuff. He's supposed to be one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, right? Now. Like that's hard to say because Lamar Jackson exists and it, Jalen Hurts exists, but he's supposed to be like that as in far as running goes. Sure, in that tier and, immediately. And did he show that in those four games? In, because I personally did not see it. In one game last year, he did. the uh, Not the Texans game, the other game that he came into. Texans game was iffy, and then obviously the Bears game to start this year was really bad. Um, he, it's just such a small sample size. I don't, oh. think, I don't think I'm ready to make any decision. And if the Niners win the Super Bowl and say, I don't know if Trey Lance is the guy – if the Texans can trade a second-round pick for him, do it. I and agree it, with that. I agree with that. That instant. And then we have the Davis Mills versus Trey Lance deal next year. And if that doesn't work out, then we're in the quarterback market. Mm. All right. Anyway, Zach Wilson uh, is going to potentially start again week four, which is good for him. Maybe not so good for the Jets who just won with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Um, not that that matters at all. I, I don't know. I I don't think Zach Wilson's the guy. I think they have to play him, though. I think they will play him. I think it, there's no point in playing Joe Flacco at all. Zero. Um, and I, I don't know. I think their odds – I think their prospects to win a game are the same. Like I don't think they're any worse with Zach Wilson in the in there. Um, I yeah I don't I, I'm interested to see how this this offense changes um, once he gets back though. I just it's not an it's not anything exciting though. Like I'm not excited to see Zach Wilson on the football field again. Yeah, we did not uh, we did not see anything that makes me excited uh, last year. Whereas we saw Garrett Wilson be a hundred yard, two touchdown receiver. Which yeah, I'll, he he better keep targeting Garrett Wilson. That's for sure. Better. Oh my God! The breaking news: Spurs just released our alternate uniforms. Blake Wesley put it on his Instagram. It looks super good. Okay. Our team draft that we did preseason. Sam has come back. I was up nine to. Six last week. Now I'm only up 16 to 15. Sam Sam scored on me quite a bit. Um, I think that I'm happy about one thing that we're just talking about Trey Lance. I think the Niners probably win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were one of my high picks. I think you're right. I think I, yeah, I, I think this week, this year was going to be interesting with Trey Lance, and I think he was going to have a lot of growing pains. So their ceiling this season is probably higher with Jimmy G. I agree. And also, I just checked out the Spurs alternate jerseys that he was talking about. They're pretty sweet. They're sweet, man. 
The font is interesting, but like the the color and the the rest of it is awesome. It's more Fiesta coloring, but they went all in on it this time instead of sticking with the white. Yeah. Um. All right, but we can go ahead and, and hop into the meat of this episode here. Um. You want to talk about the Texans first? Sure. I'll do like a quick, you know, eight minutes or whatever. Give me some uh, give me some feedback from what you saw because we watched both our Texans and Jags games at the same time. Or no, Jags played noon. Jags played at noon. Texans were in the afternoon. Yeah, we we watched both together. Um, the Texans lost nine to sixteen to the Broncos. We were in the game the whole time. Uh, our defense was looking pretty good, except Derek Stingley got a little bit roasted uh, a few different times by Cortland Sutton. Um, but it's part of the rookie growing pains. We had zero offense. Uh, Davis, Mill, I wrote this in the doc. Davis Mills needs to show confidence and Pep Hamilton, our offensive coordinator needs to show confidence in him. Our offense looks so limited, even with Damian Pierce going off. He, he looks Explosive every time he touched the ball. Uh, the offense completely runs through him now and not Rex Burkhead at all anymore. Uh, Pierce had a 100% rush share. But what do you have to say about those couple of nuggets I threw at you? Um, the, on As far as Derek Stingley goes, he got roasted a couple of times. And throughout that game, there were a couple, I mean, there were a handful of times where we both, where we both were saying, geez, Derek, come on. Come on, man. And that, that's going to happen. That's absolutely going to happen. He's a rookie. Like, there are very few rookie cornerbacks that come to the league and just absolutely never, you know, that just start out just studs. But I will say in his defense, on a couple of those things, especially there was one point where Cortland Sutton beat him for a touchdown on a fade route. They come right back to it for a two-point conversion. Derek Stingley rises up, gets up in his face, plays it perfectly, and, and they don't get the two-point conversion. So he, he kept on standing up. He kept on going for it, and it did, didn't seem to get to him, which I love in a cornerback. Love it. Love um, it. For like, Dave, oh, go ahead. I was thinking this watching the game. It's kind of like how Josh Primo did not he, – he would get beat on defense quite a bit, but was always in the next guy's face. Mm-hmm. Talking about Spurs, Josh Primo. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like the confidence in our young guys. Anyway, you keep going. For Davis um, – I don't understand. Like, if, like if, I, if I'm a Texans fan, what I want to see them doing with Davis is take take all the stops out. Do not baby him in any way. And I would much rather see him burn up in flames. Like, trust him in totally. Long bombs. Put the game in his hands. Put the pressure on him. And if he fails to rise up to that, that's okay. You're rebuilding. He might not be the guy. But if he rises up and meets that – that's where he gets better to the point where, okay, maybe this guy can be our starting quarterback long term. Yeah. yeah. It was the, like when, I mean, the Jags were going for the guy in Trevor Lawrence. You knew that you wanted Trevor Lawrence next year. Right. We saw such a fun Gardner Minshew his rookie year, and then he was hurt a bit the next year, but they also were like pulling him out of games and really limiting his play sheet, it seemed like. Um I'd rather us just let Davis go, let let him cook. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, if he fails, who cares? We'll draft That's okay. Him. You know, better draft pick. You can get a quarterback 
there's several that are really good that are coming out this year. And, you know, that was kind of the idea already going into the season. So what do you, what do you have to lose? You know, why, why stay in a close game with the Broncos and then we're going to lose it anyway, if we're limiting the offense, speaking of the offense again, uh, Nico Collins looked a lot more sure as the number two receiver. He had most of his production on one drive, but uh, he had four catches for 68 yards. Looked, I mean, he was beating the zone defense quite a bit. On the other side of the field, that was the worst Brandon Cooks game I can remember in a while. Like, like a while. He had several drops, including a touchdown catch. It was not a good pass from Davis Mills, but he dropped it. Man, the it was a brutal drop though. Like it was a it was it was like a let the air let the air out of the tires drop, like a deflating drop. For me watching the game personally. Then we kicked a field goal with Kymie Fairbairn. Right. Who, by the way, I'm ready to say it, he's officially good. If the field goal is less <laughs> than like fifty five yards, I know it's going in. Uh, cut to this Sunday when Kami Fairburn misses like two extra points. Up. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, three for three looked good. Um, doesn't matter. Jeff Driscoll, we have revitalized him. I was complaining about his performance in the, in the preseason, but the, the Jeff Driscoll experience, he's just now like Walmart brand Taysom Hill. And we're bringing him in on third and shorts to be like our zone option quarterback, and it's sweet. I love it. I just love seeing Jeff Driscoll on the field. However, you guys want to bring him out there, I don't. I don't care if it works or not. I just tight end. Fuck yeah, him. just stay, set him up. You know, I want to see a Jeff Driscoll touchdown, please. I think we will at some point if we're like up near the near the goal line. He'll come in. Um, the tough part about the game. Broncos were missing Pat Sertan and Jerry Judy for like quite a bit of the game. And we did not take advantage whatsoever. We, that should have been the game for us. It was close and their two of their best players were out. Um, and then one last note about the defense, Jonathan Owens now leads the league in tackles with 25, which is cool for him. He cool story cut by five teams. Texans finally pick him up and give him a chance. Now he's engaged to Simone Biles and he's like playing well, but our linebackers are very bad. Which is fine, you know, which is fine. Um, I will say, it, back to the Broncos missing Pat Sertan and Jerry Judy, that was very disappointing. That's You take advantage of that if you're a good team, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I last thought Russell Wilson washed watch. He might just be done. Dude, I mean, I'm not scared of him. That and, and do, put him and Nathaniel Hackett together. Like, is, are the Broncos really scaring anybody right now? No. No. Like, I'm walking. I'm I'm walking up to the Broncos saying, "Hey, you guys suck. You guys have got a lot of good players. You can't do anything with them." You just lost to the Seahawks week one and barely beat the Texans week two. Uh, anyway, Jags, thoughts? Shoot them. Yeah. Um, here's the deal. I'll start, I'll, start, I'll start off with, like, the best news for the Jags fans that we could possibly hear. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence had his best game of his professional career this week. He played phenomenally. And, and it was a big debate going into this year. Like how much do we take into account the urban Meyer season and all that stuff and everything he dealt with. And I, and I, and I personally take it all with a huge grain of salt. Like I, I put a huge asterisk on that, on that rookie season. Oh. And I, I was, I think me and Oscar were both uh, believers still in, da- in uh, not Davis Mills, Trevor Lawrence, that he could be a top ten quarterback in this league. Dude, and I said it. I said, I said it multiple my, times. One of my bold takes going into the season, he'll be a top ten quarterback by the end of it. And he he played like it this this week. He his I mean talking off the top of my head, I think his completion percentage was had to be above eighty five percent. He was not making any stupid mistakes. He was making every throw they asked him to make. Good. I mean, they put the offense in his hands and he delivered in spades. Just and what the defense could give him. And that was a huge step for Trevor, who had trouble with that before. He was going through all his progressions, which you love to see. I mean, he's part of the reason why he was so good in college was because he was smarter than the defense. And you could see that this game. You could see him, how his brain was working in real time, and it was beautiful to watch. So so excited because the Jaguars' future lives and dies with Trevor Lawrence. It just does, which is fine. And I'm fine putting our 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 eggs in that basket because he he genuinely can still be the guy. I mean, his ceiling is is not a top ten quarterback. His ceiling, if he's what we've as what if he's what he was supposed to be, is a top five quarterback. Yeah, I I it's just so hard because there's so many good quarterbacks in the league right now, and I just don't know that I've seen. I mean, we haven't seen enough to put him in that. Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen category, Aaron Rodgers, even Lamar Jackson. But he's he's in that next group where, like, him or Dak in two years could be very much in Trevor's favor. Anyway, uh, he's now my starter in the fantasy, uh, our, our big league. Uh, Trey Lance. Injury killed me, but I've got Trevor on my bench, so he'll... I don't think he's going to be putting up, you know, thirty points a game, but he can get you eighteen to twenty-two consistently, which is sometimes all you need. Um, anyway, moving for moving on, um, we beat we shut him out, we shut out the Colts, and I didn't write this down or anything, but Jim say the owner of the Colts, I don't know if you saw what he said about the Jaguars before this week, um, and I kind of want to pull it up. I don't know, Ashley, Oscar, could you pull it up while I keep talking about the Jaguars? Um, it's from an interview talking about how bad the Jaguars are. Just look that up. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but moving forward, Devin Lloyd had an interception this game. Um, I did some more digging, and I, and I listened to some Jaguar stuff uh, coming this week um, because I'll be the first to admit that there are a lot of football minds out there that are better than mine. So I do like to listen to what other people have to say on our teams. And they – Basically, the consensus on Devin Lloyd was he is fast and he's all over the place, but he doesn't really know where to be. And and when we're getting ready to, to for the football to be hiked, I went back and looked at it in game one, and Alua Kuhn is basically having to tell De- Devin Lloyd where to be on every play. I think Mina Kimes talked about that. Jaguars Twitter was talking about that. I went back and watched it, and it is the case. 
which is just not going to be okay. Like Elul Kuhn's a great linebacker. He can't be great and be worrying about the other guy too. Um, I did not see it as much from Devin Lloyd this week. Still happening, still needs to be fixed, but it was better. Um, he looks like he can be a real piece of this defense moving forward, though. Um, something to remember, because I'm I I was high all week on this Jags win. I was so hyped on this Jags win. The Colts put up very little resistance in this game, and that's awesome. I'm glad we beat them so bad. Why it matters, though, is as the game went on, starters were still in the game. Trevor was still playing. Our whole team was still playing. We stopped scoring. The offense ran out of gas at some point. And, you know, that's worrisome because there are so many teams in this league that are going to put up 30 points. Yeah. Especially on this. I mean, it's a good defense, but it's young and makes mistakes. They're going to put up that aren't – we cannot spend we cannot spend a quarter and a half practically scoreless. You know? Part of me wonders if that was coaching deciding to be super conservative after watching Matt Ryan play so poorly for six quarters um, and thinking that the Colts offense wouldn't turn it around. But in the NFL, you can't do that. It's not like college football where you're up 35 points and you can pull your starters. Like you gotta keep your foot on the gas until the fourth quarter, I guess, unless you're the Bills playing the Titans. Uh, I mean, we had what? We had three massive comebacks this week yeah. by teams that are that are all better than the Colts. And the Jaguars aren't gonna play teams as bad as the Colts every single week. So you cannot take your foot off the gas. I really did not like seeing that happen. Um and hopefully they can keep up with these teams that can score more. Um, but by the way, oh, did you also? Oh, did you? No, no, no. Go ahead. If you've got the quote, you can go ahead and read it. Uh, this was back after the week 18 loss, but it's recirculated after y'all beat them. He said, "No disrespect to the Jack, no disrespect to Jacksonville, but I mean, they're the worst team in the league. I mean, if you play well for the first quarter, they're probably going to go to the locker room, you know." And he yep. took that L. Yep, and it's a, there's an even longer quote where he just he doubles down basically after that um, and keeps talking. And and I br- it got brought up again because there were Colts players that were asked about that this week leading up to it, and they basically reiterated it. Um, and so it feels really nice to make him make him eat that. And um, oh yeah, the Jaguars have had the Colts number for a long time in Jacksonville. Um, it's never felt like that, though, in my opinion. Oh, no, ever. So, I mean, I, you know, it puts a smile on my face. But back to talking about the game, here's a question for you. Think about this. Could the Jaguars mess around and be pretty okay this season? I'm starting to think so. They have opened the door for themselves to be a potential playoff team because this is the worst division in football, and they're leading the division right now. Right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the only only team in the AFC South with a NFL win. Yeah. Which is so embarrassing. Because again, there have been some a lot of in division games. <laughs> Someone has to win the division though. And y'all could even if you drag your feet 
and play like 500, you could definitely win the division at eight and nine, which would not be fun. Listen, if I'm if I'm betting on it right now, I'm betting on the Jags. I don't know why you would bet on anyone else right now to win the division. I mean, um, you're not betting on the Colts. Jeez, <laughs> there's a lot of problems there. Or the Titans. Um, yeah, They're the Titans looked terrible. 15 yards last week. Titans were terrible. So, you know, really exciting time for the Jags. Maybe we'll see a Jaguars playoff game. That'd be great for Trevor. Um, I do have a couple of thoughts on the kind of worst side of things. This one's not so bad, but ETN simply hasn't been used as much as I want to see him used. Um, he certainly hasn't got the rushing touches that I want to see him use. I think that this Jaguars team has been rushing in general less than I thought they would. Um, which is good. Which is fine. Give Trevor, give Trevor as much work as you want. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but this is a committee, and if, if, it's, if they're not going to rush that much in general, if they're rushing – you know, 15 times or less on the game total, Travis Etienne's getting four to six rushing touches a game, which I I just want to see him do more. Um, and, and then I, I want to see him get a couple more opportunities near the goal line, catching the ball specifically. Um, that was the problem in week one. And it's really just, I want to know if he's good or not. I just want to know if he's good or not, and we can move on, and that's fine. And if he's bad, okay, we can live with it. But I just want to know because I'm worried. The Jags will never draft draft a running back in the first round ever again. I'm just I'm worried about the drops, and he's not as good a receiver as a lot of people think he is. We have talked about this before. He has the physical tools. He does not have the hands of a wide receiver or anything like that. So, I just just get him some work. Let's see it. Let's see it in the game. Um, Trayvon Walker, number one overall pick, who looked like a monster in Week One. Um, he might be he might just be a very volatile player. Because he's pretty quiet in week two. Um, it, it's just, I mean, if you go back and look in week one, the reason he looked like a monster was about, there are about five to eight snaps in the game where he did a ton of damage. And then the rest of the, I think he had, I think he only had two pressures on the entire night. The rest of the game, he was kind of a non factor. The second game, he didn't have those splash plays. Um, at all, he didn't have a sack or anything like that. He played well, you know, but he didn't he didn't have a huge impact on this game either, which he didn't have to. To be fair, it's just um, if you're expecting a guy that a guy to come out and put up sack numbers, do the stuff game in game out r- consistently, he's definitely not that guy right now. And I think part of that stems from I mean, we drafted this guy. He's more raw than any of these other edge prospects coming to the league. He was not used heavily in Georgia, at Georgia. It's because, and we drafted him because of his physical tools. So it's going to take some time to see any consist- consistency out of him, which again is fine. He's not Micah Parsons. He's probably not going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, he'd have to really turn it on to win Defensive Player of the Year. Have to be a more consistent player, but he's so scary. The teams can't double Josh Allen anymore. And he's your best defender. And that's all that matters is that Josh Allen is in single coverage against an offensive lineman. He's beating that a lot of the time. And what's great, Josh Allen had a fantastic game against the Colts. Dude, so this is a hot take. He is in the defensive player of the year watch list right now. 
I disagree. I disagree. But I thank you for that. Um, last thought on the game, Christian Kirk. A lot of talk about Christian Kirk. We brought him in, made him a pretty high-paid wide receiver. Not that high-paid, but he's in the top 15 to 20 wide receivers for sure. Um, he's played well worth that money so far. Game one, 6 for 12, 117 yards. Game two, 6 of 6, 78 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that production will waver at certain times in the season, but I think he's a real asset. I I I trust that he's going I trust that six targets is his floor on a game. Oh, for sure. Um and he's getting I I mean I he is our wide receiver one by far and he's I'm fine with the money we're paying him. He I'm not sure you said the production will waver. I'm not sure that it will because he's not only the safety blanket for a young quarterback, which always produces but he's always also the best receiving weapon on the team. Yeah. And he looks, he looks damn good, man, especially for him to put up the kind of performance in the red zone. He just did mm-hmm. like I'm an Aggie. So I'm, I'm biased a little bit, but he looks good, man. I'm excited about it. Um, quick other thoughts. Uh, first I'll just say we played the chargers this week. I'm excited for that game. That's going to be a really good test for us. Um, Herbert is day-to-day. He has a rib injury. In my mind, he's definitely playing this game. Yeah, he was at practice today. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't get your hopes up that he's going to sit or anything like that. Um, and then last but not least, Matt Ryan, also on the washed list. Is he washed? What do you think, Oscar? I feel so bad for Frank Reich, man. Another coach, we should have mentioned him in the in the first coach fired. If they lose four out of the first six games, dude, I that sucks because I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good coach. Love for my Texans to pick him up next year, man. <laughs> uh, oh, but. He's been cursed with quarterbacks. He's had five quarterbacks all five years he's been there. And every time it's like, uh, you picked the wrong year for this quarterback. Yep. Yep. And that Ryan, man, he has looked way worse than I thought he would. Dude, I I think I said on this podcast, Matt Ryan could still very well be a top 14 quarterback. Oh, easily. And he is not. He's, he's a – bottom 10 quarterback. Yeah. So whew, the Colts, I mean, the panic, all put all the panic buttons in the world are pressed on that team. Uh, I am not interested in seeing, I mean, who do they play this week? They play, they play Kansas city. So yeah. They will be 0 three. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on uh, from Jags and Texans. Let's get into our game spread. Pickums, baby. Pickums. Um, I won week two, eight to seven. Uh, we apologize. We didn't even pick the Texans Broncos game last week. My, uh, my team. The yeah. Team so that's a little embarrassing, but we can assure you that all the games are here and accounted for this time. And because I won, uh, how do we do this? Do I get to pick first or do yeah, you? First for sure. Okay. Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh at, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland is favored four and a half. 
I'm going to take – I'm going to – Was TJ Watt playing? He's not. I'm gonna, I'll take the Browns then. I'll take the Browns four and a half. That's a good question to ask. Uh, the other question that matters for this game is when do the Steelers switch to Kenny Pickett? <laughs> you think it happens this week? I think it should be this week. I think they should play him in the Browns game. Wow. I think it happens soon, but I'm not sure. Clowney is not playing. Obviously, Miles Garrett still is. And against that Pittsburgh line, like, that's tough. But throw him in there, man. It's time. I mean, he should have started day one. So, um, all right, Oscar. Houston at Chicago. Chicago is favored two point five, by two and a half points. I'm taking I'm taking the Texans, man. I can't I I think that we should be favored in this game, even though it's in Chicago. Uh, it sucks because I sound homerish, but Chicago has a win. You guys don't. They do. They do have. <laughs> I really don't care. Um, I would take Houston in this one too. Um, like I said, if you guys don't beat Chicago, even though you guys are bad. That's embarrassing. Um, all right. Uh, Las Vegas at Tennessee. Las Vegas is favored by two. I'm going to take Vegas on this one. Um, I think this line is whack. I think that Tennessee has looked really bad. And Derek Carr has been kind of shooting himself in, in the foot in Vegas. And, and Devonta Adams has disappeared at times, which has been really weird. Like certain times they just stopped targeting him, which doesn't make any sense. But, um, yeah, I just think Las Vegas is better. Speaking of other rookie quarterbacks, when do you think the Titans make the switch to Malik Willis? And I say that, I say that as an A&M fan, big Ryan Tannehill fan. I do believe he'll get a starting quarterback role somewhere else next year. Uh, but that team is so out of whack. If they lose four games, he's playing. All right. Kansas City at Indianapolis. The Chiefs are favored by six and a half in Indy. And if this game, if the Colts lose this game, like Frank Reich could be fired quickly, but I'm taking the Chiefs, man. Damn it. Yeah, I would too. I'm not betting. I'm not taking the side of Indianapolis until they win a game. Yeah. And maybe not even then. Like, ugh, geez. Um, All right. Buffalo at Miami. My pick probably for the game I'm most interested in. Oh, super. Because, I mean, Buffalo looks like a buzzsaw, but can any, can anyone stop Tyreek and Jalen Waddle for four quarters? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take – it's Buffalo favored by six. I'm not, I'm not going to get smart. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to take Buffalo um, until they – don't cover until they don't cover the spread in a game. I think you have to take Buffalo against the spread every single time. I will say I'm not that upset to be getting the Ravens to cover at six at home. The Dolphins. But if I had to pick, I'd, I'd take, take the Bills. You're right. It's it's them and the Chiefs and then a huge drop off to the next best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Yep. All right, Detroit at – uh, Minnesota. Minnesota is favored by six, which I think is a bad line, even though they're at home. 
the Lions looked way better against the Eagles than the Vikings did, and uh, maybe the Packers are just bad in week ones, and that's why the Vikings won by so much. So I'm going to take the Lions. I'm okay getting Minnesota. You're forgetting this game is at 1 o'clock Minnesota time. That's oh, Cousins time. Um, I I think this is the type of game that resets people's expectations and it's kind of the, whoa, what's going on? Like we thought we knew it was happening type of game. People are so on, high on Detroit. People are out on Minnesota after what just happened. They're like, what the heck just happened? They but Minnesota's really good. They shouldn't be out on Minnesota. I, I stand by Minnesota's offense especially is really good. Uh, I think that team is good. That's a lot. For them to, I think Detroit can cover. They, I still think that the Vikings win the game, but maybe it's by two or three points, not six. That's fair. That's fair. All right, we'll see. All right, Baltimore at New England. Baltimore is favored by three points. Man, that means they think that Baltimore and New England are about the same. No, it's they're in New England. Oh, sh- yeah. Okay, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, I'm still taking Baltimore. Yeah, um, I don't like what's going on in New, Eng- New England. They have some interesting stuff going on in defense, but I don't think that team is very good. And um, I know Baltimore just gave up a huge comeback to the, the Dolphins, but I think they've looked really good. And to be fair to them, they were missing a ton of cornerback depth in that game. So And J.K. Dobbins should be back this week. Even if they're still missing that cornerback depth, New England can't take advantage of that like the Dolphins can. Uh, don't do my man Jacoby Myers like that. Uh, <laughs> returning to the Minnesota game, I had to bring this up. Did you did you see that the new theory is that Kirk Cousins is scared of the dark? What? <laughs> <laughs> he plays time. <laughs> I did not, but it might be real. He's he's like two and seventy in his career in prime time. Ridiculous. Right. Uh, Bengals, Jets, Cincinnati is favored by five in New York. I'm still taking the Bengals. They they have to win this game. And I and honestly, after seeing how the Jets played, you shouldn't feel awful getting that many points. But the Bengals have to win this game bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I'm I think the Bengals cover this too, but. Boy, I mean, well, the thing is, we're overdue for a Flacco implosion game. Yeah. So maybe it's this week because that that Bengals defense hasn't looked bad. It's looked fine. Yep. It's mainly offense. So, um, all right, Philadelphia at Washington. Philadelphia is six and a half point favorite. That's a big line, man. It's a huge line, but I don't. The Washington's offense is good too. I just Washington's offense is good in garbage time, and it wasn't even good enough to get them to cover against the Lions last week. So I just told you who I'd probably pick. No, I know, but yeah, I mean, I, I I have to take Philly. Philly's a smart pick here, but again, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that week where Philly comes back down to earth. It's gonna happen. Division game. Division games aren't always super easy, so anyway. Right. Saints at the Panthers. We talked about that game earlier. It is, I think, the defining game for both these teams' seasons. Uh, the Saints are favored by three, and I'm taking them. Got to take the favorite there. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I'm not upset about getting Carolina. I am lower on the Saints than you have been, I think. Um, we talked about it in the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game. I took Tampa Bay in that game, and I'm pretty sure I stated something along the lines of, like, Tampa Bay is just better. Um, I don't think the Saints are, like, I don't think they're that great. And Carolina is as bad as it's been in five years, ten years. Carolina can mess around and stay in that game. Carolina can mess around and beat a team like this. But I think the Saints should be favored uh, in three points, I guess. is Anyway. All right. Jacksonville at the Chargers. The Chargers are seven-point favorites. (laughs) Of course I have to pick this game. Um, I think Justin Herbert is playing, and if Justin Herbert is playing, the Chargers are much better than we are. Even though we looked fantastic this week, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in a win-win situation. I'm picking the Chargers. That way, if I get it wrong, the Jaguars are awesome. Happy, yeah. Uh, I would have I would have taken the Chargers too, but seven points, man. I I think I think Trevor can stay feisty as long as the coaching lets him keep his foot on the gas, like. He's good. All right. Uh, Rams at Arizona. The Rams are favored by three and a half. This is tough because I feel like the Cardinals could come back and cover, and I don't think the Rams are very good. I've got to take an underdog. I'm taking the I'm taking the Cardinals. Really? Oh, I hate the Cardinals. <laughs> I also don't like the Rams that much either. I'm honestly not that hype. I'm not that excited about this game except to watch Cooper Cup just be a man all game. Um, and he's gonna feed the Rams offense. will feed, look great though this game. It they will really good. All uh, fantasy options, every single one is gonna look super good this yeah. week. I know Connor's listening. Cam Akers, play him. I dare you. I think I would, man. Play him, you coward. I think I would. Their defensive line sucks. Yep. Their whole defense sucks. They're gonna run. The, the Rams are going to be up enough. To, I don't know why I just picked the Cardinals. You go. <laughs> um, all right. Atlanta at Seattle. Seattle minus two. Um, I'll I'll take it, underdog, here. I'll take Atlanta. Dude, I like it. Um, they almost beat the Rams last week. Their offense is cool. And I'm, I'm not convinced in the Geno Smith experience. <laughs> yeah, after week one, I was like, oh, man, Geno. After week two, I was like, Come on, man. They just they switched quarterbacks mid game and you couldn't even put up points. Yeah, I oof. I'm sad to be taking the Seahawks there. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is only favored by a point after how good their defenses looked and how bad Aaron Rodgers is in his career. I'm picking the Broncos. Bucks. Oh, Bucks. Why did I say the Broncos? Um yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. I I mean, Aaron Rodgers has barely ever beat Tom Brady. Um, honestly, honestly, this is a toss-up, and I would, if I was putting money on games, this is a stay-away. This is a stay-away. I'm, I'm not interested in trying to pick it. Aaron Rodgers, 
I have a feeling he's not going to be super good this week, but we'll see. I mean, has Tom Brady been good either week? Mm-hmm. No, that's what I just I was saying. Tom Brady has not looked like himself. Yeah. Broncos, I said, because that's our next game. They're playing San Francisco in Denver. The 49ers are favored by a point and a half in Denver. Yeah, and I'm taking San Francisco 100%. I think that the line is low. I think San Francisco should be favored by more. Um, I am super out on the Broncos right now. If Jerry GD comes back, it's a little bit better. But the – but – I, dude, there's problems with Russ. Russ, there are problems with. He has played really well against the Niners in his career. I don't know why. It may, it may just be Pete Carroll is really good against the Niners, uh, but I'm I'm okay getting getting the they lost to the Seahawks and then barely beat the Texans, and now they're playing a much better team. I'd be much more upset than I am right now. Uh, finally, Dallas at New York. The Giants are favored by a point, and I'm hammering Dallas. Yep. You you started writing in the Giants as I was typing in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I just podcast cursed the Cowboys to all our Dallas fans in the audience, but they should they should win that game by a lot. The Giants are frauds. They shouldn't be 2-0. They could have easily lost either of those games. Should have lost both. And um, Keep feeding Saquon, though. Keep feeding Saquon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully we can get our running game a little more involved on this one. That's you um, But there, that's our pick for this week. We'll, we'll update you guys next week on who won. Clearly, it'll be me. Um Hey, but real so far this season, we're I think you're up uh, by two right now. So yeah, um, but let's hop into fantasy corner real quick. Um, Close us out. Got to talk fantasy at some point since we were at one point a fantasy podcast. That's where this all started. Um, we're both two and zero right now. Yes, sir. In our main league, we're both two and zero, um, and. One of those is a little more surprising than the other one. Yeah, Barkus, congratulations. Crazy that Sam is 2-0. I would have thought, you know, 1-1 one one maybe. Right, right. No, uh, I, uh, we've talked before. My team is not very good. I, I decided to sell this year, and somehow I'm 2-0, withstanding – an injury to Elijah Mitchell and yep. now Trey Lance. Trey Lance scored me two and a half points this week and I beat my opponent. Uh, Oscar, what do you have to say about the, um, the theory that you're going to have a Connor Calhoun style season where you win the first two weeks and then lose the next 11 in a row? I mean, it's very possible. I think the theory was for Wyatt because Wyatt has scored like 150 or more points in two weeks, which is what Connor did in 2018, I believe. And then he lost 11 weeks in a row. I mean, uh, who, are you, who are we really kidding ourselves? Connor's the only one capable of that. Um, <laughs> Such brilliance. Uh, and then you want to cover this last little bit of fantasy corner. Yeah, so it's rivalry week for me. I play Wyatt in both leagues. Um, 
My team is worse than his in both leagues, so we'll see. I This year in fantasy, I'm in five leagues. I'm currently three and eight. No, that doesn't – that math doesn't. Three and seven. I've won two – I've won both games in our main league, which I was supposed to be bad in, and have won one game in the remaining four teams. <laughs> That's tough, buddy. That is tough. And that's fantasy football. Uh, you got any closing thoughts or you want me to end the pod? Um, closing thought for you all. Football is in full swing. Sundays are wonderful again. Grab your friends. Watch the games together. Go out. Do it at someone's house. Watch Red Zone. Just have a good time. Um, and speaking of friends, just a reminder, guys, um, check on your friends every once in a while. You never know what people are going through. You know, I, I like to I like to bring it up every once in a while, um, but reach out to the people you care about, and uh, you know, Tell let them know, know let them know that you let them know that you care about them. Tell people you know that you love them. It's important. <clears throat> Absolutely, but that's all I got. All right, thank you, Sammy, for being a great co-host. Thank you to Joe Flacco. For being elite, thanks to fantasy football for always managing to ruin my weekends. Absolutely. And thank you to our fans, our listeners, for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We'll see you next week.